0: Yes, indeed. It is the get right right here on 1053. The fan, Reginald Tulu here with you alongside the fan, phenom, Blake Elliott. Yes, Ersky. Last hour of this program for this Monday evening. Thanks for rocking with us wherever you're listening and however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your evening. Uh, your Mavs fall 119 to 110 to the Boston Celtics. And of course, we'll do that. And we'll, we'll, we'll recap that game, talk a little bit about what we saw. In the next segment here in about 20 minutes, but right now, let's get you some headlines on this Monday evening. Um, like I said, Mavs fall 119, 110. Um, it felt like those guys were really targeting Luka Doncic. We'll talk more about that uh, as the evening goes along. But yes, that that happened. Now, elsewhere in Dallas, Fort Worth, athletics and sports, FC Dallas, you know, gearing up for that summer MLS season as it you know happens. And they got a I don't know how big of a win that we want to say, but they I'm sure they had a big turnout at uh, the Cotton Bowl as they had a preseason game and I know you you know Blake, you're always super excited for those MLS preseason games you know I
1: I, I can't stay up at night thinking about it so I, I I was ready for this one to start and I'm glad they got the win against the uh, Lionel Messi. I wonder how many Tolos, how many people went to this game though I do I do wonder if that. I wonder if it was a big draw.
0: I know that we got a we got a couple of folks um, that showed up or that went. I know that you know some people texted about it on the text line. I know I saw, uh, I think Twolo Vader earlier on the Twitch mention mm-hmm. it that they were that they went to the game, um, and so yeah. Now Lionel Messi has been a real a real boost for American soccer, and he was here in or I imagine he's probably still here unless they flew back. They might have uh, go Dallas. find him. In Dallas, uh taking on FC Dallas. Your FC Dallas uh they, they get uh score goal, I think three minutes in, third minute, mm-hmm. Jesus Ferreira, and they won win one to nothing as they start to gear up towards their season this year. So shout out to them. Um you hear the music, it's NBA leaning, and that's because there was some wildness that happened in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh Joe Embiid. Yeah. Um last season's MVP. Mm-hmm. And a fantastic big man center, probably one of the most, like one of the toughest, strongest dudes mm-hmm. in the league. And Victor Wembanyama had his work cut out for him. Uh, I know uh, Greg Popovich said going into this game how they were going to handle uh, Joel B. Yep. They, they said that they were going to hammer him. Yep. And with, um, I guess they had a dull hammer. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Joel B. dropped 70. That's right, 7 0. Points on Victor Wembanyama and the San Antonio Spurs—it's a franchise record for uh, the Sixers. So he—I mean, first 24 points in the first quarter.
1: It's insane,
0: right? Like he just—he started up quick, and it was just like, oh, okay, so this is going to be a problem. And yes, yes, it was a problem. Where did you pick this one up? You—you you saw he had like 40, and yeah, you're like, wait, I, what's I, happening? I think he had like 45 at the half, and we were like, huh? And they were
1: only they were only up by four or six points against the Spurs, and then they just took off. I mean, it's only the thirteenth seventy-point game we've had in the NBA. So, Joel Embiid, I think we 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 were kind of seeing the dominance of what someone like that can do. I believe he had twenty-plus free throws again, and we were kind of discussing that earlier. But just a dominant force and and one of these guys. And Ross, do we have the clip ready for Joel? So we're, I'm his reaction to it also was crazy because I believe him and MJ are now the only players to have said stat line of 65 points, 15 rebounds, and five assists in a game. Two players in NBA history have done that, one being MJ,
0: the other being Joel Embiid. Craziness. Yeah, man. Um, uh, You mentioned ninth player in NBA history to score at least 70 points in a game. David Robinson did it in 1994. Wilt Chamberlain did it six times, and they're the only centers who did it. Um and so Chamberlain and Elgin Baylor are the only players with a 70-point, 15-rebound uh, performance because he ended up scoring 70 and getting 18 boards in this one. Uh, Victor Wimbiyama in that game scored a measly 33 points. Oh, just 33. 33.7 rebounds, but I imagine that it was, and what's funny is 33 points, his box uh, plus minus was zero yeah. because you were, Joel. On, you were on the floor a lot with a dude who scored 70
1: points. And here's Joel and Embiid's reaction to hearing his crazy stat line after the game.
0: The only NBA players to put up 65 points, 15 rebounds, and five assists in a game. What does that mean to you? You and MJ, baby.
1: Wilt we'll never did this? <laughs> no, sir. Just, just you y- and just MJ. You How and crazy is that? I don't, I don't believe that. Although, you know, some of those, you know, Will records. Uh, you know, we you know, we still gotta see. But I'm sure Will he's done it uh at some point.
0: There you go. Will did the points, not not all the other stuff involved as well, but of course. Uh, Joe Embiid B continuing to do incredible things and leading to a big 133 123 victory over the San Antonio Spurs. That's another team that's really good. That I don't know under the radar is the right word mm-hmm. because, like, I mean, people have been talking about Tyrese Max in mm-hmm. the ways that he's been playing. But that's been a very, very good uh, basketball team this year.
1: And that's not where it stops for big men going off tonight. No, it
0: is not. I'm glad that you brought this up. As uh, Carl Anthony Towns, he could be a little bit of a menace, particularly around these parts, especially when he claims himself to be the greatest big man shooter of all time. Because, mm-hmm. like, hey, man, Dirk exists. Yep, yep. However, he did score a franchise record tonight for the Minnesota Timberwolves. 62 points, 21 of 35 from the field. Knocked down 10 three pointers out of uh, 14. And so he broke his own record that he scored against San Antonio a few years back. Uh, fantastic game for him. However, unlike the 76ers, they lose in this one to the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, so, like, uh, the final score was 128 to 125. Brandon Miller went off. Uh, Miles Bridges, who we had talked about earlier, had 28 points. Uh, Brandon Miller had 27. Yeah, 62 points, eight rebounds, seven turnovers for Carl Anthony Towns, which I'm sure did not help them in their efforts to win. And maybe the star of the show, even though I'm talking about the idea of Carl Anthony Towns having 62 points, maybe the star of the show, the announcer for the Charlotte Hornets, who, you know, in seeing Carl Anthony Towns continue doing what he is doing, gives you this reaction.
1: We need, to, we need we I need to talk to him.
0: We need to get him on the station. He is electric, man. Wait, he is b- so fun. Before you go away for the audio, again, I want you to remember: this is just Carl Anthony Towns continuing to raise the Hornets and just continue to like knock down all these shots. This is the Charlotte Hornets announcer watching Carl Anthony Towns put up yet another three, knowing exactly what's about to happen to him. <laughs>
1: Uh, he is not kidding. He could not miss. Today is the first day since 1978 with multiple 60-point games in an NBA in a, in, a, in one day of the NBA. So, Towns is now the seventh player in history with multiple 60-point games in a career. So, Cat showing us,
0: I guess he's that guy when it comes to scoring. Yeah, I don't know about that. like we always <laughs> knew we always knew that he had talent and was able to like you know he's able to turn it on in certain instances. The problem is you expect him to be a lot more consistent. At a high level, and he's not. And Mm -hmm. I think that he's in a circumstance that now allows him to do this from time to time, but understanding that um, Anthony Edwards is the guy, the guy that can kind of be more stable more consistent and dial it up to a different level when they need it. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, he he at this point is a very good second option, maybe third option in a way, depending and so that's good for him. Um, but, yeah, I'm, you're not going to get me saying crazy stuff just because you dropped 62.
1: <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Cat said he's him. Put some respect on my name.
0: Fantastic night. But we're not going to go crazy. Corey Brewer dropped 50 himself. Um, what, so was, I, what was the other little dude that dropped 50? Brandon Jennings. That's right. Jennings, Jennings was Jennings. nice, though. Brandon Jennings was nice. Uh, but, again, we don't have to continue down that road. Uh, it's as we continue giving your headlines on this evening, this affects your Texas Rangers in a way, as Araldis Chapman has signed a one-year, $10.5 million contract, but not with your Texas Rangers. He is going to be playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates this season. So, he was, uh, when it comes to the athletic, they had a top 40 ranking of free agents, and Araldis Chapman ranked 35. I mean, this was a player that you went and got before the trade deadline to try and shore up your bullpen. Obviously, throws real hard, and when he got on the mound for your Texas Rangers, it, it could end up being, Ooh, it was, it was scary. It I'll could end that. up being real, uh, cardiac kid situation. Um, in a way you don't have to worry about this, this uh, again, as you know, Raul now will be pitching for the Pittsburgh pirates. But I think one of the tough things about that is you have not done a lot to, you know, build up your bullpen for this season. Um, I would have liked him to return obviously when you're 10 million, it's a, decently large salary not not giant but i mean decently large um it would have been nice to have him um continuing your bullpen especially if you could move him to maybe some lower leverage situations but he signs with the pirates and now more questions on what this team what these rangers are going to do in trying to make that bullpen something something nice
1: yeah i think he was one of the guys that you were able to let go happy that he got his money pittsburgh giving him to him not 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 too worried long term with that.
0: But speaking of grabbing people and letting people go, the Lions. Wait, hold on. Before we move on from that, like, okay, yeah, come back. I, I think, I mean, one thing that I know uh, Mike Bassett talks about is the idea of particularly against Jordan Alvarez in that um, that series versus the Astros. Man, Araldis Chapman, like he didn't have anything for you know Aralys. I think that there there was something, there was definitely some value there, and as much as. You put him on the mound, and you had to, you know, kind of cross your fingers and
1: close your eyes, close
0: your eyes, and all those things. There's still something to be said for like his quality as a pitcher. He came in hot, man. Remember when he first
1: started, he was hot. Then he wasn't. Then it was high. I mean, when you're a closer, eighth, ninth, it's high leverage. You're going to either be loved or crucified. It's not a very in between position.
0: No, and I mean he he did not do the best with high leverage situations. So again, I'm not I'm not. I in mean, a tough place because this is still within the context of I have not seen this bullpen been put together yet, especially with how how quiet the free agent market has been in general. And then just looking at the way that your bullpen is constructed as of yet. I'm 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 really hopeful that, you know, it comes together. But as of right now, this is this is a little bit of a hurt, right? Like this this one this one smarts a little bit, losing I mean, and again, you would have had to sign him, you'd have had to pay him money, but now not having that in your bullpen, I'm I'm still I still got questions as to what you are going to do. These Texas Rangers are going to do in this season at bullpen. Anyways, you want you, you were going to mention something when it came to the Detroit Lions. Shout out Josh
1: Forrest. Um The Lions signed Zach Ertz. Yeah, we just had, and if you're wondering why they have, obviously they're great tight end. their are rookie tight end this year, and Sam Laporta. But Brock Wright, tight end number two, suffered a forearm injury in yesterday's game versus Tampa. If you missed it, so they're bringing on veteran who was most previously on the Arizona Cardinals and obviously longtime Philadelphia Eagles. Zach Ertz will be joining the Detroit Lions
0: in this playoff. Yeah, and I think the idea is to – he is on the practice squad. The idea is to probably elevate him once they get to Mm -hmm. Sunday or Mm -hmm. once they get near to Sunday so that he can help them uh, with depth. Kind of crazy. I was mentioning this when we were talking about this and Around the NFL. It's like this is a guy who at one point was one of the elite tight ends in the league, and what are we, like five years later? Yeah. And it's like – He's, he's a guy that you can add for depth in the postseason yep. as opposed to uh, anything else. Elsewhere, uh, in your headlines in this evening, we know that the Tennessee Titans have their new head coach. His mm-hmm. name is Brian Callahan, who's previously, uh, and for the last five years, in fact, the offensive coordinator with the Cincinnati Bengals. So mm-hmm. not the primary play caller, because Zach, mm-hmm. Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, you know, used to work under Sean McVay. And he, you know, was the play caller. He's an offensive guy. But Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator for that Cincinnati Bengals team, now gets his own outfit. He will be at the helm of the Titans team, a team that very clearly is, like, rebuilding and trying to get some things in order. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what what the identity that he seems to want and him and uh, Rand Cathon want to um, put together for that Titans team as they try and rebuild their, their program.
1: And I'll ask you this, this is our final couple headlines. Which one do you like better? Jaguars hiring Ryan Nielsen as their defensive coordinator, who was previously with the Atlanta Falcons, mm-hmm. or do you like the Bears hiring Shane Waldron, who was previously as as their offensive coordinator, who was previously with the Seattle Seahawks?
0: Uh, I'm more inclined to look at the Shane Waldron. I mean, obviously we're all more inclined towards offense, anyways. Mm-hmm. But I, I know his bona fides as an offensive coordinator. I'm very interested if, in seeing him put together something that makes sense for the modern NFL and particularly for. Justin Fields assuming that they were that they keep him I'm mm. still not even sure what you know that the Bears have made it very evident if it's going to be Justin Fields continuing to be their starting quarterback or if they're going to you know go for Caleb Love or Williams Caleb Williams, <laughs> Caleb Williams. Not, not the basketball yeah the, the, yeah if they're going to go and try and get the Arizona um <laughs> you know basketball player no if they're going to go for Caleb Williams and trying to reset that timeline but either way, I trust Shane Waldron to put together a solid offense. And at the very least, that is something I would love to see around uh, Just Fields because he's not gotten it. That's one of the big reasons that Luke he got fired there. Um, real quick before we go, I also want to mention Jim Harbaugh. Another meeting expected for him with the Chargers. He already had two meetings with. The Falcons, it really seems like he's going to be a head coach in the NFL this next season. So seeming like it. Get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Those are some of your headlines on this evening in the Metroplex. Um, Coming up next, we did mention that your mouse fell to the Boston Celtics. Let's break that down as best as we can. Talk a little bit about that next on The Fan. So Get Right right here on 105.3. The Fan Reginald Datatula here with you alongside the Fan Phenom, Blake Elliott. Yes, sir, skiing. Thanks for rocking with us on this Monday evening. 877-881-1053. That's the truckwreck.com text line number if you want to text in. Um, as, hey, man, the, your, your Mavs back in action after having a kind of an extended delay. Unfortunately, yep. you had a postponement of your game on Friday in Golden State due to um, the passing of their assistant coach uh Dejan milijovic um he passed at the age of 46 uh due to a heart attack and i know that they only just got back to practicing today after taking, you know having their two games postponed taking time off so i know steve Kurtz said that 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 time was necessary that that it was really needed that the nba postponed those games and they did and so thankful for that, for those uh, you know guys to be able to get in the right mental space. However, your Mavs needed to get back into action after having an extended time off. They last played, what, on Wednesday? Yeah, it's been, of it's last been a little week. hot minute. Um, but what was nice is that they were able to get some practice in. I think this is the first practice that they were able to get since mid to late December. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a couple of practice in this week. practices in this weekend, and they were going to need it. They were welcoming in the Boston Celtics. A tough basketball team came into town. And unfortunately, you lose against them one nineteen, one ten. I guess that's not inherently something to um feel bad about because it's a very good team. However, maybe the way that it was done may made, made me feel just a little I don't know. I don't know if it uh, some kind of way. Mm-hmm. How about you? Like what 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 appealed to you or what, you know, jumped out most to you, Blake, in this game? Um, this was quote unquote not a great game from Maluka Um kind of
1: watching it. And when I say not a great game, he still had a, a triple-double, a back-to-back one. He had one the other game. 33-13. No, my bad. 33-13-8 and eight, uh, with those 13 assists, 18 rebounds. But he shot 12 for 30. And when you're doing that, you're not getting a lot of other shots up there. You had a good night from Josh Green. Gives you 14. Kyrie gives you 23. Derek Lively gives you his. Derek Jones Jr. has been kind of a little bit of in a slump. With He's still getting those big starter minutes, but... Hasn't been putting up as many points where he's used to only 1-3. And then we kind of know what to expect about Grant Williams. I mean, two points.
0: Yeah. yeah, Two I'm, points. I, well, that's the tough part. Grant Williams and Max McLeod, but they combined for a good, what, 33 minutes there? Mm-hmm. And you get nine points out of the, both of them. Neither of them shot well. Both of them 0 for from deep. And this is a team that you were probably going to need to shoot with. Even though, like, you did shoot a good percentage um, on, on this but the Boston Celtics are more a lot more likely to be able to get to the rim 44 minutes 9 points combined between the two. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 not.
1: And those are guys you were leaning on coming into the season. Maxi Cleaver is going to be the savior. Grant Williams we got him in here 44 minutes 9 points. Yeah, that, if they're giving great defensive effort, I I would retract my statement, but you watch the game, guys.
0: Yeah, and the, the tough thing about it is, I mean, you shot pretty well from one of the corners but I mean outside of that you're not you're not wildly efficient against a Boston Celtics team that also themselves weren't incredible but they're good enough that you needed more the thing that was really frustrating and not 972 points to it they said defense is terrible you rely on Luca but he plays no defense and I don't think that that's the case. You've seen him up his effort quite a bit this season. And he was
1: trying. It wasn't an effort probably. It wasn't like, "Oh, he he don't care." Right.
0: However, this game maybe is one of the t- this is one of the teams that is maybe most uniquely equipped to be able to show off your defensive deficiencies because there's nowhere to hide anybody. Nowhere to hide. Right, and so we we're talking about
1: it all game, end of the game, it
0: showed. What you saw was Luka Doncic in real nasty positions because he was charged with guarding Jalen Brown, and Jalen Brown was, you know, he was now. He been. was relishing the opportunity to have that kind of defensive assignment on.
1: Yeah, there's there, there's no nice way to put this. Love Luka, wanted him to stay on this team forever, but guarding Jalen Brown was not easy. I mean, Jalen Brown every time he was just iso, just give me the ball, just give me the ball. We he got um. Let's just say Luka hit the floor early in the game on a yeah, Jalen Brown move.
0: Definitely touched earth.
1: And then later in the game, the probably the last, what, five possessions was just Jalen Brown isoing Luka, and he won, I'd say, four out of five. He was just getting his – I don't know why we never sent a double, why we never trapped, but to their, to their credit, the moment you do that, you're leaving Jason Tatum, Al Horford, or Derek White wide open. And all those guys can hit shots, so – Interesting. These are the moments that you missed Dante XM. He wasn't available for this game. As you know, maybe he would be able to another guy to be out there and guard. Tim Hardaway had some interesting shot selection. Like we've, like we've seen this game. Luca had a technical foul, something that, you know, kind of tipped the scales and maybe the team wasn't playing as focused as they need to be. Um, just in- in- interesting. Game. Well, how, them losing, isn't the end of the world, especially to the Celtics team. They, they kept it close for some of the game. Um, and when you look at the stats, it's not like, um, I believe the points in the paint were actually favoring the Mavs. They had 50 compared to the Celtics 42. Yeah, 44. And I mean, 44, yeah. yeah.
0: They had more fast break points. You know where the difference is? The distinction is Tell in me. free throws. Yeah. I mean, the 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 Boston Celtics put up 30 free throws compared to the Mavericks 14 mm-hmm. free throws. And I mean, they even shot a similar percentage, but you just, I mean, yeah. A team like the Celtics that shoots so well, having that level of advantage as well at the free throw line was going to be really tough. But yes, I, I hear you, nine seven two. He's not great at moving his feet, and that's understood, right? Like that's. But the tough part about it, on top of that, was uh, we were talking about in the course of the game, right, Blake? There was a point in time I was like, hey, man, he's on Jalen Brown. That's tough. And I was like, where do you put him? Yep. Right. Maybe you go all right. Wait, Derek White isn't that strong? We'll put him over there. Derek White, if you give him the ball, can make things happen. That's now quick, I, but it- I don't know that they would necessarily be. Um, that they would necessarily be hunting with Derek White, but then who are you then guarding Jalen Brown with yeah, in that instance? Because I, the one thing that you maybe you could say about Luke is at least he has the size to be able to contend with Jalen Brown getting downhill.
1: I would maybe even put, and I'm, this is the reason I'm not an NBA coach, just speculating, I would maybe even feel like he'd have a better chance on Tatum. Just because Tatum is a little bit more stiff with it. He's not really trying to break your ankles per se. He's trying to get big body shots. He shoots over the top a lot. shoots a lot of contested shots where I think Luke would have better, whereas Jalen Brown tries to get around you, uses pump fakes very quick on his feet. That's who I would have had Derek Jones Jr. guarding, Dante Exum when he's healthy guarding. So having Luke on him was a choice. I don't think it was the right one. But hey, maybe, maybe Jason Kidd knows something that I
0: don't. Uh did you, did you have any thoughts on Derek Lively? It feels like these, these are the games where sometimes it can look kind of uh, odd. Mm-hmm. 3 for 3 from the field like obviously like he scores points with 25 25 minutes and only 6 points like does not show up huge on the box score not that he necessarily is a giant offensive uh playmaker but or you know offensive player necessarily um but you would imagine that maybe you would have an opportunity to get a little bit more from him especially uh when playing with luke and Kyrie.
1: Yeah, I was hoping for a big lively night especially with Porzingis out but we didn't really see it. Um most of the time when we looked up at the TV and the monitor, we didn't see him on the court that much. It felt like we were getting a lot of Maxi Kleba minutes.
0: I mean, they played the same amount of minutes, both of them. Exact yeah. same.
1: Yeah. Eight rebounds. I can live with that. Six points. So, just maybe, maybe a little bit more impact. And it was weird. My biggest thing was him not playing late in the game. And they've done that a bunch of times. He hasn't been the late game closer, and I wonder and how
0: much of that is like the other team The other team is like dictating matchups to you yeah. by having a team that can play five out. Which I mean, that's that's the Boston. You know, that's the way the Boston mm-hmm. plays this, right? They have guys that can be on the perimeter at any given time. They stretch you out. That allows those guys, Tatum Brown, to get downhill when they need to because there's nothing clogging them up, and there's yep. they can always kick it out. Like I wonder how much of that is just the the matchup that you it, get here.
1: It, it goes a lot on what what coaching adjustments you make. What kind of effort it's giving, and we we have an interview from Mr. Jason Kidd post game presser. Why don't y'all hear what he had to say after the game? Just understand, we just have to be better defensively. They picked on one guy the whole night, and, and understand we got to protect him, um, and we just didn't do that tonight. You, you mentioned being frustrated with the officiating and losing focus. How do you? How can you address that in the moment? I move on to the next play, and we've talked about that over and over. Um, and sometimes, you know, with maturity, it takes time. And uh, we've been inconsistent in that department, where we can get caught up with the officials instead of just staying focused on the game. Uh, no one's going to be perfect, uh, from player to official to coach. So you got to just continue to keep doing your job. And I thought we got, the, you know, we got frustrated there, and they took advantage of that. Um,
0: Actually, I think that brings up a good point because it feels, it feels like he's speaking almost exclusively to Luca. I don't know how, much, how many other folks I saw like getting visibly upset with the <laughs> officials. Now, of course, some of that is— Both of them, he said getting picked on on defense and complaining with the officials. Right. Were you upset about Luca? you know, kind of getting frustrated? Because this one felt like it was just a, uh, you know, a kind of a reaction to the, the way that he was getting hunted on defense. It was literally he, he got anything. hunted, he got dropped. And then it was he got the and
1: one. It was the next play. Jalen Brown pump faked up, got an and one. 50-50 call. He's a little frustrated. I'm not really worried. Like I said, I'm not really worried about text and people showing emotion. I'm all for that. So it didn't get me angry. I would love for his teammates to be like, hey, this guy's getting hunted. Let me let me trap and make someone else make a shot. So I didn't have to be in this one on one position. But you know, I'm I I personally am not worried about um about Luca showing a little bit of emotion.
0: Yeah. Um this this felt different than other times where Luca gets after the officials. Now, of course. It's probably not good that he's getting he's getting sauced up to the point where now he's lashing out, right? But I understood I kind of understood where it was coming from, and maybe I'm being too easy on him. Maybe it's like, hey, man, again, the maturity needs to be the maturity, and that's that. But no, nah, yeah, this-
1: what was your thoughts on that with him talking about the team not really being able to bounce back from bad calls and officiating? We need to work on that maturity department.
0: Well, I mean, clearly his message has been one of effort, right? And. It's something that we know is basketball, especially or defense in particular at the NBA level, isn't simply about effort. But you're these guys, I don't know that you're changing their basic, uh, you know, the basic defensive aptitude and ability. So all I think they can work on at this point is the effort portion of this and making sure that you're sticking to that. And this team can be a little up and down with the effort. Because we've so, seen it good. That's the problem. We've
1: seen it be good where they get steal. That OKC game, where they were getting like eight
0: steals, boom, 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 fast break, running and gunning, and then they play some teams and they, right. they just take the night off. And it's not just like effort is, is kind of nebulous. Being locked in and mentally focused also matters, right? Mm-hmm. That's when Luka Doncic can get in these passing lanes and other players get in these passing lanes because they're alert and they're aware and they're paying attention. And then they also had the additional effort of, like, getting out there, jumping, doing those things. And a lot has to do with their offense, too, if you notice. Luka gets two, three threes in a row. Oh, he's
1: locked in on defense. Let me get another fast break layup. He misses three shots, doesn't get a foul call. I can probably bet you the defensive effort's not going to be great on the back. And
0: that's the thing is I I think um, Jason Kidd is probably talking about, hey, like, it should not be so dependent on these other factors. It should be this is the level that our defense is at. And that's the level that our defense is at regardless. In fact, it probably needs to go up when you're not making shots because that'll help balance out. And um, unfortunately for this team, that's just not how it is. And to somewhat be fair to them, like I don't, they're not necessarily built to be that. However, you kind of need to find a way to do that. If you don't have that, you know, that, that, that foundation of defense and, this is the tough part, right? We talk about the Dallas Mavericks and there are people that are like they're they're good and that, you know, they they can maybe be dangerous and contend in the, you know, in the West or in the playoffs. These are the types of teams that you're playing against at that high level. And this one they as well, much they guys, as there's, I, there's no liability. There's five guys. They 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 played they played pretty well and if, for all things considered and they lose by 9 against a very good team who also didn't have an incredible night themselves. And so like this is the thing. This is the place where I think there's a separation between the Mavericks and the teams that you really look at as actual contenders upper echelons, yep. in the league. And so, th- this is the things that you have to consider when you start looking towards the trade deadline and what kind of players help push the profile of this team a little bit closer to that of. I need mentally Celtics. locked guys. I need guys that are dogs. We need a couple of dogs. Guys that bring bringing themselves We and need Deshaun Stevenson back. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I I, feel like he take the contract, uh, but I don't know how much. How much he's giving you in this particular NBA at this time, no, no shade, and all due respect to Deshaun Stevenson. This is why someone like a Herb Jones is an instance I'm very interested, even though I don't think the Mavs have been like attached to him. When the Pelicans are said to, hey, maybe possibly be willing to let go of that guy, that's why me and Blake both are, you know, our attention jumps up because he's the type of dude who gives you that level of unconditional. I'm here. I'm giving you this level of defense. And I think that's probably the type of player that you might need to be looking for as you're trying to continue to add to this team and make it better.
1: For the 972, we need dogs on the football field and the basketball team. And, hey, you're not wrong. We need just a couple more dogs. The talent's here in Dallas, baby. Talent is not a problem. We need some dawg dogs. dogs. Dogs.
0: Well, again, your Mavs uh, fall to the Boston Celtics, 119-110. to 110 um they have uh they'll be back in action on um Wednesday Wednesday at home versus the uh Phoenix Suns what a great what a great week of basketball
1: Celtics and Suns back and not in back-to-back back-to-back games but a day a day apart man if you're
0: in the Dallas area and you can go to the game pull up to that one national TV game it'll be really fun and this is another I don't know how much of a measuring stick this one because I'm interested in seeing exactly where the Suns are in their uh path to try and figure out what their rotation and what that stuff looks like but this is going to be another one where you've got a few really good players elite level players how do the Mavs stack up we'll have an opportunity to see that on wednesday but again Mavs fall 119 110 to the celtics still um still a good team man like still in a good place like this is not the end all be all by any means i know sometimes people think that because we're talking about the one game where you know we're really locking in it's one of 182 but your mavs currently sit Tied for seventh, uh, or actually they sit eighth in the West right now. So again, now they're they're still in that that uh playing that playing range, and you gotta hope uh you you want to cut that losing streak off at two um on Wednesday. So get right right here on one zero five three the fan coming up next. It's only time for the final call. We'll do that next on the fan. It's the get right Right here on 105 through the fan. Reginald Atatuli here with you alongside the fan Phenom, Blake Elliott. Yes, sir. Ski, thanks for rocking with us on this Monday evening. Dave Shrop on the ones too. Thank you, sir. Also, Ross Lubinski for helping us over the course of the evening as well. It's the final call here on the get right right here on 105 through the fan. And uh, we again re the idea that the Mavs had a game against the Boston Celtics tonight. Unfortunately, they fall 119 to 110. But they'll be back in action on Wednesday, taking on the Phoenix Suns. Who, man, they had an interesting night. They were playing against the Bo- Boston. That's that was uh, the Mavs, but they were playing against the um, Chicago Bulls. Yep. And Kevin Durant, another NBA player, having a fantastic night tonight. Yep,
1: it seems like um, this day was 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 for the NBA, January twenty second, two thousand and six. If you remember the date. Kobe Bryant's 81-point game, and it looks like all the other NBA around the association players remember that as well because it was a crazy night in the NBA. I'm going to detail it for you in case you missed any of them. Starts off with the highlight. Joel Embiid, 70 points, 18 rebounds, 5 assists, followed up by Carl Anthony Towns, 62 points, 8 rebounds, 10 threes, followed by that, Kevin Durant, 43 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, along with the game winner, Jason Tatum, who we were just talking about, 39 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, Wimby had 33, Luca had 33 and 18, and Giannis also with 31, 17. So JB had what 35 himself? Yeah, it, it, yeah. JB, I think he had 34, 35. So it was a crazy night for guys to go off in the NBA, showing out for the Bean and his 81 point day performance not too long ago in 2006 on this historic date, January 22nd. So great day around the association. Uh, the game
0: I love is back where it, where back where it should be. <laughs> yeah just high high scoring nba basketball on a monday night like i it's one of the things i love football season i love the playoffs i'm kind of excited for once we get through this because i also love when we have nba basketball especially on national television most of the most of the evenings um i know a a lot of people listening probably football first but it's always great once we can get the tuesday and thursday night tnt and then the espn on uh, wednesday and friday nights and then you also get a nice sunday afternoon game and you know, mm-hmm. you know we really get into it and you get to see what well, all the great performances around the league but look man we know football's still king as we continue in the final call yep and uh, i did want to note this front office sports notes that um a peak 49.1 million people watch the final minutes of lion's Bucks.
1: Wow! So, o- over that was the most. That was like a big one. So wow. that's that's
0: the most watched NFL divisional game in thirty years. People really wanted to see
1: the Lions, and it was weird. It was the early time slot, right? It wasn't even the late night time slot. The Lions Bucks was yeah. the
0: early time slot on that one. Speaking
1: yeah. of, I looked I looked ahead at the schedule for next weekend. What do we think about this? I think they did this backwards. Two o'clock on Sunday, Chiefs Ravens. Five five thirty Lions Niners. No, I, I would have switched them personally, but what what, what do you think they, what do you think they did that for? The Lions feel good story, just having that as the night game.
0: No, I, I think that some of that is like, uh, especially with, speaking of NBA, you see how mm-hmm. they'll go kind of east to west, mm-hmm. so like they'll have an opportunity to have that San Francisco game at a, a time that makes more sense. That's like three thirty on a on a Sunday as opposed to earlier. If they, did I, I would have pushed them both back. I know that's not the reason. I would have had Lions
1: Ravens keep it at five thirty. And the Chiefs Ravens later on. I just hate the Chiefs Ravens like at 2 o'clock. Some people are going to be like still running errands and stuff better like that.
0: Bet not. Bet not. Get your Sunday together, baby.
1: Chiefs Ravens is going to be another cinema. There's no way that's not a cinema.
0: I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for that game. I'm super excited for that. I mean, I, I think both championship games should be fairly interesting, yep. all things considered. But, yeah, I mean, if it goes the way that the divisional round went, it seems like uh, the TV partners will have a good day at the very least. Ooh, they making money i look they got to be they got to be it's one of the reasons why the salary cap keeps going up because these these uh tv contracts keep they keep spending more money just for the right to be able to put these games on the television you 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 reference front offer sports right
1: yeah i saw another report come out by them and this is one's a little bit more funnier and it also kind of has to do with our our medium a headline today Stephen a smith could command 20 million dollars in free agency that's right that was the headline what that's are your, right what are your takeaways from that Head, headline and then actually being for real. I, that's a crazy headline i mean <laughs> that he is could command 20 million in the free agent open market like he is literally a player it's,
0: it's, look i mean absolutely especially if he if he's giving you all of the various content possible like if he's giving you tv and then you're having him on you know having a podcast under your umbrella all those things as much as people you know, talk about how they can't stand Stephen A. Smith and all these things. Ultimately, he drives a level of viewership, listenership, uh, attention. Yep. That's, all, that's what you're paying for yep. in all these instances, right? Like, that's always what you're paying for, and Stephen A. Smith drives that in a way that, I mean, some of these other dudes don't necessarily, right? And mm-hmm. say what you want, good, bad, or, the, the, uh, or anything else, right? The dude is entertaining. Like, he does have a theatrical... uh Command over all this. He's going
1: to be making more money
0: than the dudes he's talking about. That's going to be crazy. I make more money than you. Some absolutely. (laughs) Some of them absolutely. And so it's, but it's just like a lot of other things, man. We're we're seeing all the money kind of centralized because ESPN is um, and Disney have they've laid a lot of people off over time, and so we're seeing all this money continually centralized. And some folks, as opposed to like getting spread out amongst the hey, market, And Pat gonna be
1: rolling in it.
0: Yep, yep, yep. And they're they're gonna be the only two ones working ESPN. They're just gonna take <laughs> they're gonna take turns. They're just gonna switch off.
1: To switch off. Hey, you got the the six a.m. to four p.m.
0: shift, and I got the rest. They're just gonna go back and forth, being uh, the only two people at ESPN. It's just gonna be Pat. And then uh It's not CDNA, even Pat's crew anymore. It's just Pat. Pat. Yeah, yeah. We can only afford you, Pat. I'm sorry.
1: So yeah, like I'm AJ and all the boys.
0: Uh continuing the final call. I found this to be fascinating. So something that hasn't happened in a very long time happened in golf. Um so Nick Dunlap, who's a twenty year old sophomore, mm-hmm. plays golf at uh Alabama. He won the American Express tournament on uh on Sunday, yesterday. Yep. So he was one stroke better than um, a professional who finished second, but because he is uh, not a professional, he's an amateur. The one point five million dollar prize he can't take.
1: What? Where does it go?
0: It goes to the first the the runner up who is the first professional in this instance. Yikes! I yeah. I <sighs> so he's the first amateur to win a PGA Tour event since 1991 when phil mickelson won the tucson open that's right tiger woods didn't even win a professional tournament as an amateur Hmm. and so yeah that might be a name that you maybe just maybe need to like you know just kind of salt away just keep that for yourself nick dunlap 20 year old sophomore at alabama won a professional uh tournament or yeah professional tournament and tour event first time since 1991 phil mickelson but He's not going to get to take that $1.5 point. I need million. that money. But speaking of stealing money, can we
1: talk about Von Miller for a second?
0: Stealing money. Okay. All right. You're about to get spicy with it. Go for it. Von
1: Miller was paid $14.9 million this season. That's right. Finished with a whopping zero sacks, Correct. And a whopping five tackles. Yep. And a total of 14 games, which would equal out to $2.98 million a tackle.
0: Honestly, like. Here, that's that's the thing about we and we kind of knew this when they signed von miller up front because like last year he was injured as well right like mm-hmm. he had the tough thing about it is like hey man you were paying a lot of money for a big name free agent but i think the validity that he brought whatever was supposed to be worthwhile but yeah no they 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 gave him no a lot shows. of shows plenty of times was just like is he on the team no oh yeah and there so, he goes
1: and then my favorite part of the weekend what's that was Jason Kelsey and I'm not even a big Kelsey guy I'm gonna be honest I, I don't I don't buy into I, I'm not that big into the podcast of so theirs but I gotta say it was super cool seeing him shirtless chugging beers jumping in and out of the box. With Taylor Swift, you know you think it might be all you know suits and ties and cupcakes? Nah, he's getting rowdy, shirt off, Miller Lite, Bud Light in hand, jumping think, out, doing I all that. I think Gerard
0: stuff. Carmichael was in the box yeah. as
1: well. I was like, what is happening
0: here? That that was actually pretty cool to see. I was I was with that. There's he was a, getting he was getting lit. There was a lot of people having fun. Yeah, no, uh, Jason Kelsey. Uh, did you see him pregame with the Bills fans before bowling ball drinking out of a bowling ball? I was like, okay, this this is his element, anyways. right? like he was exactly <laughs> he was loving where he it. To be. I and just love how he's being himself. He did not care. Sure, I mean that's that's the way that he wants to be. In fact, I imagine if if the retirement is indeed where he is, right? He's going to be doing a lot more of this yeah. than uh than what you imagine, right? Like he just ain't had an opportunity to do this and now he can just kick it, right? I, I'm um I'm glad he wasn't getting hate for it too. I was just like he's just supporting his brother. You know, some people
1: you're eliminated from the playoffs. You know what? Like come on. Let him have his fun. His brother's a great. He's in there. He's enjoying his family, enjoying the time so I w- it just felt like a good heartwarming moment, and it was funny as heck seeing him jump out of the box and like get with the Bills fans and take beers. I'm just like, this dude, it's crazy,
0: and I, I love it. I think one of my favorite visuals from that game also was that uh, if I if I my eyes served me correctly, I think it was a uh, Pat Senior, Pat Mahomes Senior. Mm-hmm. And there's one point where just like there's a lot Cooling. of pandemonium. In that, uh, in that box, and he just looks back, and in his eyes, I could just see that he's through with it. Yeah. He was like, all right, this this is this enough. There There's was a lot of char- things happening. There's a
1: lot of characters in there, so you got to be strong-minded to be in there for sure.
0: Was there anything else from the divisional uh, round that you really
1: enjoyed? Um, CJ Stroud getting a the, getting the chance out there to show the world how good he is. Now, obviously, he didn't play to maybe the standard we'd want him to of being the greatness he's shown, but it's always fun watching him and Lamar play football, kind of this new brand of football being played, so – I really enjoyed that as a fan, and I love seeing the Niners look like they could be beaten.
0: Yeah, the Cedar drought thing was interesting because, I mean, if you really looked at the way that the game went in the wildcard round,
1: yeah, they, they, they were, like, like every other play. I think it was the most he's ever been blitzed. It was coming out of stats, the most he's ever been blitzed, the most that the— the Ravens have blitzed like it was. But it went crazy. the other way
0: as well. Like yeah. I think uh, D'Amico Ryan's blitzed seventy-two percent of yeah. the time on the, and they did not blitz very much this season. Yeah. The yeah. Texans yeah. and I, I think that was a large reason as to why it was only it was like 10, 10 and a half mm-hmm. because the Ravens typically operate in such a way where when it comes to blitzes they are, they don't like hot, they don't do hot routes they don't try and just like replace it they're like we believe in our t- our offense and our team we're just gonna block it up and we're gonna throw over the top of your blitz mm-hmm. and like just like normal. Well, with all the blitzing that the Texans showed, he was like oh, they they went in the half. They had to make some adjustments. They started uh, adding protection in that circumstance, and then they started whooping them boys. And whooping. It's one of the reasons why I just keep looking at this. Uh, I keep looking at this Ravens team, and I'm like, I think they're equipped for everything. I think that they ha- they are equipped to take this. You it, know, it, it's going to be hard for the Ravens to lose, but if any team could do it, it's Pat Mahomes. There you go. There you go. Um, it's been the get right right here on 105.3. The fit fu- The. Fi- 105 through the fan, been a fun <laughs> evening tonight. Myself, Blake Elliott. Shout out to the foregrounders. That sound, It sounds weird, doesn't it, Ross? It sounds weird, but it's not. But it sounds weird. What he means by that is like the people that are not just listening in the background, but actively listening, we appreciate that. Ross Lubinsky and Dave Shrupp on the ones and twos. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, make sure to keep it locked. Turn it on, leave it on. 5.30 a.m. Sean and RJ will get you going tomorrow. They'll roll into the KNC Masterpiece. They'll roll into the G-Bag Nation who will run in, roll into some um, Rangers hot stove. But, of course, 8 p.m. to 11. Myself, CA, will be with you tomorrow evening. So it should be fun day on the fan. But, yeah, until then, y'all make sure y'all have a good evening, and y'all be easy. Peace. Shut up, my mama.